I shared in the first service how this morning I was reading uh, in John 18 and 19 the account of Jesus' arrest and crucifixion, and two things really stuck out to me this morning in my reading, and one is when Jesus is rebuking Peter after cutting off Malchus's ear, and he says to him, put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? And then in chapter 19, we're told after Jesus accomplished everything the Father sent him to accomplish, he bowed his head. The way it's translated is he gently pillowed his head and he gave up his spirit. He laid his life down. He gave, he gave his life away. No one took Christ's life from him. He laid it down. And the reason why he did it is so that sinners, though vile as we are, through him could be cleansed. Through the blood he shed, through the work he accomplished, and be restored to God. What an incredible work. What a blessing it is to gather here week in and week out and sing together these, these praises of this wonderful work and open God's word and, and read about this wonderful work, this wonderful gospel message that we have and what a joy it is to share it. Amen? That's why I'm excited about Josiah coming this morning because he's been training to go and take this message to a place and to a people who have never heard this message, who do not have this book in their language, do not have a church where they can gather like we can and hear these wonderful truths week in and week out, and he's going to change things through God's help, through God's enabling, through the work of his spirit. Very excited about him coming. The Yingling family has been dear friends to our church long before I got here. Uh, we have been supporting them in ministry. Uh, Josiah, he grew up on the mission field. He's an MK missionary kid. And uh, um, it's been exciting to just see the work that God's been doing in his life and how he's been guiding and leading and preparing him for the work he's going to have him do. Uh, Y'all uh, uh, join me in welcoming Josiah Yingling. Come on up. Y'all welcome him. Morning. It's good to be here in Jacksonville again. I always look forward to coming here every year um, to visit with you guys. And man, I remember uh, groups from this church that came to visit us in Mexico since I was like this tall. So. Uh, it's been really cool to see just the relationship that my family has had with this church, and it's something that's really special. So really appreciate you guys. And my family, they send their greetings. Uh, today, they're kind of all over the place. My dad's down in Mexico uh, doing a wedding for one of the girls that grew up in the church that my parents started there. So he's there today. Um, my sister, Brianna, she's in Chicago working, and... My brother Aaron is in Minnesota. He's doing an internship there. And then uh, Monica, she's, she's at home. She's working in Tyler. And then Keegan's working at Pine Cove. So we're all spread out. Um, but they send their greetings, and uh, they wish they could be here with you guys. As Graham said, I'm a missionary with Ethnos 360. So it used to be New Tribes Mission, but just a couple months ago, they changed their name. And this organization focuses on reaching unreached people groups, like he said, and planning churches uh, among these unreached people groups. And their goal is to see mature churches uh, 
thriving, mature churches in these people groups. They don't just want to go and share the gospel and then leave. They want to go and make sure that uh, people are discipled, that leaders are uh, raised up, and that those churches can thrive and can be mature and can reach out to, to other areas. So that's the heart of the organization I'm with. And for the past two years, I've been training with them. Uh, they, they require all their missionaries to go through a training program. And we learn about uh, how to culture and language, how to learn culture and language, how to teach the Bible in an effective way um, to other cultures and to people of other languages. We learn about um, Bible translation. We learn about how to live in remote places. You don't necessarily have electricity or running water where you're going to be. So we learn how to live off solar panels and batteries and how to pump water to your house and all kinds of different things. So... I, I just finished with this two-year training in April, and now I'm, I'm doing a little bit more extra training that I'll share about a little bit later. But the last time I was here, I was preparing to go on a trip to Nepal, because uh, with this work, I mean, there's thousands and thousands of people groups all over the world that I could go to, so it's kind of hard to pick where to go. <laughs> um, but God kind of laid on my heart the desire to go check out Nepal because Nepal has about 200 unreached people groups and different languages. This small little country has, has 200 different languages, 200 different people groups, and most of them are unreached. So last summer, uh, right after I left here, um, I took a trip to Nepal and I was there for a month. I went with four other guys from the organization I'm with and we kind of just went to check out the opportunities to talk to people there to see um, where we might be able to fit in and what the needs were. And so while we were there, we just traveled the country. We took a long uh, trip out to the far western part of the country. There's a map of Nepal, and uh, you can kind of see Kathmandu there. That's where we started, and then we went all the way to the far west, far western portion of the country. And so this, this trek out to the west, it took us four days on a bus, and it was not a comfortable bus. It was <laughs> one of those buses that... Uh, I don't know what you call it, like the chicken bus or whatever, but they got stuff all over the place. And we're, we also did Jeeps, Jeeps and bus, buses. It took us four days to get out there over these mountain roads. And one of the things that struck me as we were traveling through um, this country was just how remote some of the people were. Just some of these people groups that live way out in the middle of nowhere on the mountains, just in, they have like the rice terraces all down the side of the mountain. And then other people that live up even further into the mountains, in the Himalayas. And so it took us four days just to drive out there. Some of these people groups, once you drive out there, it's still like a two-week hike just to get up to where they live. So they can be pretty remote. And that's some of the reasons why the gospel still hasn't gotten to some of these people, because they live so remote. And so the most remote people, those are the last ones to be reached because they're the hardest to reach. So there's a lot of work still to be done in this country, and there's a lot of different opportunities and so it was really cool to just see, see that on this trip. Uh, we got to visit with some pastors that are there. There are some churches in Nepal, so we got to visit some churches. I got to share in one of the churches there. And just talking to them and asking them what their needs were, how we could help serve them as they, uh, they go and try to reach their own country. And so it was a really good and beneficial trip. I learned a lot. Uh, I was challenged in a lot of ways. And uh, we'll see what God has in the future. This might be where I end up. Uh, still not 100% sure uh, where God will take me once I'm finished with the training, but this is definitely one of my uh, top options. Um, so after this trip, I came back 
and I went back to the training center because I still had a year of training to do. So that was last August, and I finished up training in April. And now uh, they have this special training that's a little bit extra. It's beyond what most missionaries take, and it's a linguistics training. So I don't know if any of you know what linguistics is, but pretty much it's the study of languages, study of how language, languages work, how they're structured, all the different sounds. Uh, that languages can make. So I'm taking an extra six months till December to take this training, and it's pretty intense. <laughs> you want to believe all the crazy things that languages can do. As I was sitting in class, I just got done actually on Friday, and I drove down here to Texas um, from the training center. But I was, as I was sitting in class, I was thinking, man, back in the Tower of Babel, God really mixed things up <laughs> because some of these languages do things that you would not believe, and I, I can't even believe it. It's so complicated and complex. Um, but it is, it's also cool to see how God's put patterns in all the languages that you can figure out. You can start to see the patterns and see how there is structure. And God does, he did, even in the mixing up of the languages, he left clues for us to be able to figure it out. So that's what I'm learning how to do right now. I'm learning how to go into any place, wherever God would take me, and be able to learn their language, learn their culture. And it's exciting, but it's challenging. So I'd appreciate your prayers for that, because it's, it's not an easy course. Um, but I'll be doing that until December. And then after that, I'll, I'll hopefully be raising support and heading to the field once I... I'll, I'll pick a field uh, by December. So it's exciting. Um, I also have a girlfriend. She's studying there at the training center, too. So that might change the time frame a little bit. But um, yeah, it's exciting to see what, what God might have for us. So that's what I've been up to the past year. And um, a lot of exciting things. I'm excited to see where God leads. There's still lots of needs around the world. Um, it never ends. And there's always going to be needs. And so it's exciting to see how we can all be a part of that together. And but during this past year, I have been learning a lot of things. It's been challenging since coming back from Nepal. God's been teaching me a lot of things, um, challenging me with a lot of things. And uh, I just wanted to share this morning some of those things with you guys, some of the things that God's been teaching me. I've been doing some journaling, and I'm just going to kind of share some of my thoughts on, on what God's been, been doing in my own life. And since coming back from Nepal, one of the main things that God's been showing me are a lot of my weaknesses, my failures, my fears, my insecurities. A lot of difficult things to realize, a lot of difficult things to, um, to become aware of in my own life. And during this past year, as I've been learning about these things and becoming aware of them, I've started to think, man, am I really doing the right thing? What am I doing going to the mission field, going to a place like Nepal where I don't know the language, I don't know the culture, I'm not used to the food, no friends and family, like... How am I going to go there and reach people with the gospel? If some of these weaknesses, if I struggle with them here and at home, how, how on earth am I going to go to the other side of the world where those weaknesses will definitely be magnified and it'll be, it'll be tough for sure? Um, so I started at like almost question, like, man, am I doing the right thing? Should I be pursuing a different career? And I was kind of discouraged, to be honest. Um, but during that time, a friend encouraged me to study the first six chapters of 2 Corinthians. And he said, but as you read these chapters, try to study them from the perspective of Paul, from the author, the one who was writing them, from the perspective of where he was at in life, where he was at in his ministry. Because he was doing the same thing that I'm pursuing to do, going out and reaching people that had never heard. And that, that was Paul's mission. That's what God had placed on his heart to do. Um, and so in, in 2 Corinthians, Paul talks a lot about his life, a lot about his weaknesses, 
a lot about his struggles and his suffering. And so I did that. I, I chose to study those, those six chapters and try to study them from his perspective. And the study actually turned into something bigger. I ended up studying all of Paul's letters, looking for, or studying from that same perspective of someone who was serving the Lord, um, but who was also suffering, who was weak, who was uh, going through hardships and struggles, and just trying to see what Paul had to say about those things. And so, man, there's so much I could share with you about my, the study I've done this past semester on that, and I've learned a lot for sure. This morning, I just want to focus specifically on 2 Corinthians, though, because that was the, those were the passages that stood out the most and where I think I learned the most from. Um, but Paul, he was a missionary, and he went to the Corinthians. And in 1 Corinthians, we hear that Paul, when he went there, he went there in weakness. That's what he says. He went there in weakness and in fear and trembling. And apparently, Paul wasn't a great speaker, because he talks about that, how he wasn't a great orator. He didn't come with... He didn't present the gospel with lofty words or with lofty speech. He came uh, very weak to the Corinthians. And um, that kind of goes against what we tend to think of as Paul. Because if, for me, when I think of Paul, we tend, I tend to think of him as like a super missionary. You know, he's like the standard for missionaries. He's like the super Christian, super missionary. Um, but as I did this study, I realized Paul wasn't the super missionary. He was a very... A weak man. He had a lot of weaknesses and he had a lot of trials and failings, but he was willing to share those things. And so as I did this study, it became evident that Paul wasn't the super missionary that I tend to think of. And um, so then in 2 Corinthians, as we go through, through the book, um, in, in chapter 1 and chapter 4 and chapter 6, Paul talks over and over again about his weaknesses. And he shares all the things he's gone through about how he's uh, been stoned, he's been beaten, he's been whipped, he's been imprisoned, he's been shipwrecked, all these different things that he's gone through for the sake of the gospel. And then he talks about his weaknesses in chapter 11, about how he isn't a great speaker, and he's not very good at um, presenting things in front of people. Apparently, that's, that's what we gather. And as he's, as he's been uh, compared to other ministers among the Corinthians, um, Paul, Paul admits the fact that, yeah, he's, he is weak in a lot of areas. And then he goes on and he kind of gives a list in chapter 11 of uh, reasons why he could boast. Reasons why he could boast as he's being compared to these other ministers. Um, things that he, he is good at or things that he's done or things that he's suffered for the sake of the gospel. But then in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and then in verse 30, Paul I'll actually just read it quick here. It says, If I most boast, I will boast of the things that show my weaknesses. So he's just given this list, and then he says he'll only boast about his weaknesses, though. Even though he could boast about these things, he's choosing to only boast about his weaknesses. And so this is the first time Paul's going to state this. First of three times Paul's going to state this in the rest of the, of the letters. First time is there in, in verse 30. Um, and then in chapter 12, we come to chapter 12, and Paul gives another reason of why he could boast. He talks about this vision that God's given him of, of things he's seen, of future things that he can't share. And that could be a very, for him, it could be a reason for boasting. But then again, in, in verse number five, he says, On behalf of this man, I will boast. But on my own behalf, I will not boast except of my weaknesses. So again, he, that's the second time. He'll, he chooses to only boast about his weaknesses. And then in verse six, it says, 
Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. So he says that he'll only boast about his weaknesses. And even though he could boast about all these other things, all his strengths or all the things he's gone through, he won't boast about those things. And those things would be true. He could boast about those things, but he won't. And then he says the reason why is because he doesn't want people to think more of what they see in him or what they hear of him. And so Paul uh, wanted his weaknesses to be uh, what showed most in his life. He didn't want these other things to overshadow his weaknesses. And that's just an amazing thing when you think about it. Because Paul likely didn't look like a very strong person. If you had been stoned and beaten as many times as he had and put in prison and shipwrecked and hungry and all these different things that he's been through, he probably had scars all, all over his body from those things. He probably didn't look strong. And as we, as we already saw, he didn't sound strong. He wasn't a great speaker either. But he wanted those things to be what was highlighted in his life. And then he, he goes on to give the reason why um, further down. But as I got to this point, I started realizing, you know, in my own life, that's not what I want to do. I usually don't want my weaknesses to be the highlight of my life. That's usually not the thing I want people to see the most. For me, usually I want to put on like the good Christian missionary mask and just kind of show that to everyone else. Let people know, oh yeah, I've got things together. Um, I'm successful in ministry. Everything's going great. I don't have weaknesses. I have strengths. All these different things. And that's my natural tendency. That's what I want to usually put up. But realizing that that was the opposite of what Paul wanted to do. He didn't want those other things to overshadow the fact that he was weak. So then as we go on, um, I was convicted even more, down in verse number 7. It says, So to keep me from becoming conceited, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, and there he's talking about what he just talked about, the first part of of chapter 12, with the, the visions that God had given him. So he says, Uh, Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Okay, so a lot of you have probably heard this passage about Paul's thorn in the flesh. And a lot of commentators argue about what that could be. And I I think the main point of what uh, Paul is trying to say, that whatever this was, it was in order to keep him humble, to keep him relying on God, and to keep him... Um, from relying on himself. And so, uh, God gives him this thorn in the flesh. And in verse number 8, it says, Paul says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So that, Paul's response was pretty convicting for me. (laughs) Just realizing that that's not the response I usually tend to give. You know, if there's a weakness in my life, a lot of times I'll ask God to take it away. Or if there's a struggle or hardship, I usually want him to take it away. But then sometimes if he says no, am I, do I give the same response that Paul gave when I think about it? Probably not usually, but I should because God's grace is sufficient. That's, that's what God uh, was trying to teach Paul through this thing, that even though he's weak, 
Christ is strong. Christ's power is, uh, Christ's grace is sufficient for him and his power is perfected in weakness. Um, so, uh, it, it's interesting to see that even though uh, we tend to see Paul as a super great missionary, he was weak. He did have weaknesses. And he asked God to take those away, but God chose not to. He chose to leave that thorn in the flesh, whatever it was, so that Paul uh, would experience God's sufficient grace in his weakness and so that people could see that in spite of the fact that Paul was weak, that Christ was strong in him. And so Paul was a great missionary, but it wasn't in and of himself. It's not because of who he was, but because of who was working in and through him. And he was glad to boast about those weaknesses. And I know for me, I definitely am usually not glad to boast about the things that I'm weak about or the struggles I have or the hardships I have. But Paul chose to be glad about those things because those things showed the strength of the Lord in his life. And so that was definitely a challenge for me as I was going through this time of just thinking, man, I'm too weak to do this. There's no way I can do this. This task of, of reaching an unreached people group, uh, it... I tend to think, oh, it's got to take a super missionary or a super Christian to do this. But God was reminding me that that's not the case. There are no super Christians or super missionaries. Uh, we're all uh, people who are saved by grace and that we're all weak people. And God's chosen to use the weak uh, in order to reach the rest of the world. He's chosen to use his weak followers and to work through them in order to reach the lost. And so that's something that challenged me and just uh, kind of gave me a new perspective but that doesn't mean it's always easy to think that way, to think the way Paul thinks. Um, it's something I have to daily remember that, man, I'm weak in this area, but Christ is strong. And I can rely on his grace in my life every single day. And just remembering that uh, this is a task that we're all called to, taking the gospel to the lost, whether it's right here in Jacksonville, the people around you in your neighborhood, or, or if it's the people across the world in Nepal, or, or in Costa Rica, or in Nigeria, or all different parts of the world, wherever God takes you, um, we're all called to this task. And just remembering that we all are weak, and God chooses to use the weak. Uh, he chooses to use his weak followers in order to show his strength and to show his power. So three questions I kind of want to leave you with today. Uh, questions that I'm constantly having to challenge myself with, even today. Um, the first one is, are you too weak? Do you feel like you're too weak to be a part of what God has called all of us to do? Do you feel like you have too many weaknesses or struggles or fears or insecurities in order to be a part of, um, of God's work? Because I was definitely having those, those thoughts a while back, and I still do from time to time. I still tend to think I'm too weak. But you know, if you think you're too weak, you're probably in a good place because you probably are too weak. But the fact that Christ is strong in our weakness that's what allows us to go forward. And the fact that God's grace is sufficient, that's what allows us to be a part of this task. God just asks us to be willing to be used by him. Weaknesses and all, uh, to be used by him to show his power through our lives as we minister to those around us and those across the world. So are you too weak? Do you feel like you're too weak? Then are you content with your weaknesses? And this is a daily struggle for me. Because so many times I want to give up because of my weaknesses, and I'm not content with them. And, but this is the example that Paul gave us, was that he should, we should be content. He was glad with the fact that he was weak, because that showed Christ's strength. And 
I don't think this means that we shouldn't be growing or asking God to keep changing us and making us more like him because that is something that we should be uh, growing and, and learning. But sometimes God chooses to leave us in a place of weakness for a reason. And so if God chooses to leave whatever weaknesses that you have or if he leaves you in a place where you're always out of your comfort zone if you're doing a certain thing, like, are you okay with that? Are you okay with uh, God leaving you there? Because... He will show his powers sufficient in that. And I think that's what Paul was kind of emphasizing in this, in, well, actually in this whole book. As, we look, as I looked throughout the whole book, that was something that kept coming up. Paul was fine with his weaknesses. He was content with whatever situation he was in because it showed God's strength. So are you content with your weaknesses? And then the third thing is, will you share your weaknesses? It's so easy to want to put on the good Christian mask and, help, and let everyone else know that we're okay, that we're strong in certain areas. And it's really hard to be vulnerable. I know for myself, it's really hard to be vulnerable about my weaknesses and my struggles. But looking at the example of Paul, um, as, we, as we share with others how incapable we are, we show how capable he is in our life. As we show others that we are weak, anything that God chooses to do through us then the glory goes to him. Because we'll see, man, that, there's no way that person could have done that in and of themselves. It's only through God and through his strength that that could happen. So are you willing to share your weaknesses with others so that Christ's strength, Christ's power will be shown through your life? And so those are kind of the three, three things that I've been challenged with recently. Just a few of my thoughts. And uh, I, I want you guys to know, like, I'm not a super missionary. I'm not a super Christian. Uh, it doesn't take a super Christian to be a missionary. Uh, it just takes people. Uh, I'm just like every one of you guys, saved by grace and weak and struggling, but willing to be used by God. And I hope you guys are all willing to be used by God, too, to bring God's message to the world. Uh, as we're all a part of this tax, just remembering the fact that he's strong in our weaknesses. His grace is sufficient. So may he receive the glory for whatever he chooses to do through all of us together as we work to accomplish the Great Commission. And I really just appreciate you guys. I appreciate the encouragement you guys have, have been to me in my own life. And um, just as we continue to, to build a friendship and just seeing as, as you guys go and reach the world and as we all reach the world together, I uh, thank you so much for your part in that. So I'll close this in prayer.